Good morning, church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So kind. Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be up here. I hope you guys had an amazing Christmas and a wonderful new year. I got the opportunity to spend it with my family. Last year we had COVID, so my wife and I were quarantined in our house, but this year we got to see everyone. I have two older sisters, Lydia and Matt, and they made me an uncle this year, which is incredible. And then I have an eldest sister, Natalie, and her husband, Trevor. And so we just had a great time spending time together as a family. But before we get into the sermon today, I just want to say one quick, a couple of verses from 1 Peter. It says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Talking to people that are, take the stage, preachers, pastors, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but by, by being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the glory that will never fade away. Life Church, I am incredibly humbled that I get to be up here acting as a shepherd this morning. I want to take time to thank Pastor Aaron and Miss Tammy. They lead just an incredible church, and you know that. But I want to thank them for giving me the opportunity of being up here. I want to thank Pastor Ryan and Miss Amanda for leading just the best campus throughout all of Life Church. And I also want to quickly thank Dylan and Dustin Johnston. Their friendship and leadership has helped me to be the person that I am today. But I am eager to serve you this morning. And my prayer leading up to this morning has been that you would hear God speak in an incredible way through me, that my words would fall flat and that you would hear the Lord's voice this morning. Like Pastor Ryan said, my name is Luke Kramer. My wife, Megan, and I have had the privilege and joy of being youth pastors at the Germantown campus for a couple years now. I saw a tweet the other day, and it said this, If you treat students like they are too young to do anything significant for the kingdom of God, they will believe you. However, if you treat them like they are the church right now called to do significant things for the kingdom of God, they will believe you. Life Church, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for being a church that believes in our students. You are a church that leads in truth and believes in our students' calling that they have right now as sons and daughters of the Creator. Since Megan and I have been youth pastors at our Germantown campus, we have seen hundreds of guests hear the story of Jesus Christ for the first time. We have seen students make public declarations of their faith in Jesus Christ through water baptism, some of which I have been blessed enough to dunk. We have seen students bring in thousands and thousands of dollars for missions and outreach because our LCY students are generous givers. But most importantly, fathers, mothers, cousins, classmates, co-workers have heard the message of Jesus Christ. The life-changing, future-rewriting message because our students know that the gift that they have within them is not something that they can keep to themselves. And I want to thank you for believing in them. If you have your Bibles with you today, we are going to be in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. This morning I want to talk about purpose. Purpose and worth. If no one has told you yet today, or maybe you haven't been told yet this year, I want you to hear this. You are loved. You are filled with a God-given unique purpose, and you are worth more than you could ever dream or imagine. We make it a point at youth to remind our students of that day in and day out, but it is just as important, no matter the age, no matter your background, no matter the upbringing, that you know that you are filled with worth and you have a unique purpose in this life. 
Like I said, we're going to be in the book of Exodus this morning. Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to be talking about Moses. If you've been in the church for a while, you know the story of Moses. But where our story begins, we're seeing Moses as he's fleeing from the Egyptians. So if you don't know about Moses, it's important to note that Moses has had a pretty eventful life leading up to this moment of him running away from Egypt. Moses was born to two Levite people, and under the Pharaoh's rule at the time, Moses, being a young boy, should have been put to death when he was born. So his mother takes baby Moses at three months old and puts him in a basket because I guess that's a better fate than being put to death and floating him down a river. But the story continues and one of Pharaoh's daughters picks up Moses, the lost boy. Moses then grows up in a royal household, the household of the Pharaoh. One day Moses is is out doing what a Pharaoh's son's duties do and he sees an Egyptian man killing or beating a slave, a Hebrew slave. And so Moses doesn't like that. He goes over and he ends up killing the Egyptian man. He worries he may get found out, so he flees from Egypt. He spends time wandering throughout the wilderness, and eventually he finds a nice family, gets married, and becomes a shepherd. And this is where our story begins in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, saying, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Now before we get into our sermon today, isn't it just interesting that Moses, this guy wandering, sees this definitely not natural fire, and he says, I'm going to go closer to that. I think there's a lot of men in this room that would see a fire that's not natural, and their first reaction would be like, let me get help, but... No, I'm going to go closer to that. It's just crazy how things work. But the first thing that I want us to realize this morning, to fully understand our potential and work within the God-given purpose we each have on our lives, we must first understand that the past reveals God's power. The past reveals God's power. Everything leading up to this moment of the burning bush within Moses' life is a revelation of God's power in his life. Do you think Moses saw his life that way? Probably not. Do you think that Moses saw that his past was filled with godly power? He's a shepherd. Now, now in, in youth, we, we like to talk about shepherds uh, during the Christmas story because it's interesting that the Lord would choose to, to reveal that his son was born to shepherds because back then, shepherds was not a highly vocation. It was not someone that we saw and we said, man, those people are awesome. We should tell them about the king of the world. But that's who our Lord chooses to use, the lowly shepherd. And so Moses... He's at this point, he doesn't see his life as being filled with godly power, but we do. Because we have seen the full story. We look at Moses' story with wonder and amazement, knowing the power that has happened. Friends, it might have been a hard 2021. It probably was. Was your last couple of months hard? Did you struggle with loss this year? I grieve with you. My family struggled with one of the hardest losses this year, so I know what you're going through, but more Importantly, 
We have a heavenly father who walked with you every step of the way. And while you grieve with loss because it is hard and you need to take time, I would encourage you and challenge you to be reminded of the living, healthy people around you. While Moses' family could have chosen to grieve about all their family and friends that are probably dying under this horrible Pharaoh rule, I'm sure they were rejoicing at the wonder of Moses being born. Are you struggling with, with confusion and questions of your future? That, that awesome multicolored planner that you bought in 2021 and then used halfway through January and then just stopped because everything was going crazy? Are you struggling with questions of your future? Should I have this job? Will I get that promotion? Will my boyfriend ever propose? Listen, I'm sure Moses' family was struggling with questions of, will our baby live? But we get to see Moses surviving in a basket as a three-month-old baby, showing God's protection over his life. And eventually, Moses, by no accident, was, being, was adopted into the most powerful family of the day, revealing God's power and reminding us of his plan. While Moses may have looked at his life in a situation wondering why he ended up as a lowly shepherd, we look at Moses' story in amazement, knowing what God will do through him. But before any of that, before the plagues, before the parting of the sea, Moses had to go through trials. He had to have a past. Friends, there are people in here are going through something right now, but will you trust God to reveal his power through your past? To see the glory of God through our past, we have to first take ownership of our sin, and we have to secondly take ownership of our past, knowing that neither define us, but they can both be used to reveal God's power. Sin is easy to hide. Whether we're ashamed of it, maybe we're unaware of the damage it has on our lives, or maybe, maybe we secretly enjoy it. Sadly, as flawed humans of this world, it is easier just to not deal with it. We pretend it's not as bad as it sounds. It's not hurting us or the people around us as much as it truly is. We guard it from public exposure, and we resist the conviction to change because it's easier to make excuses than to extinguish it in our lives. Let me say that again. We resist the God-inspired conviction in our lives because it is easier to make world-inspired excuses than to extinguish the sin from our lives. Friends, let me encourage you this morning that the life that we have chosen as Christians is not the easy one. But we must work through the difficulty to eliminate sin from our lives, knowing that we will not be perfect and we will fail. But if, but if we would choose to be transparent with God, if we decide that our mistakes can be made right with Jesus, if we choose to acknowledge the darkness and sin, we confess it, we take ownership of it, and it no longer has influence over our lives. 1 John 1, 6-9 says this so beautifully. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Life Church, take ownership of your sin, not in a boastful way, not in a way that says, I am proud of this, but rather in a way that says, that is the old me. 
That sin no longer has control over my life, for now I live in the light side by side with my creator and his son, the perfect sacrifice. If we hope to reveal God's power through our past, we need to take ownership of our sin. Yes, but we also need to take ownership of our past. Understanding that while our past no longer defines us, it can still remind us of God's goodness and power. There's going to be a picture put up of my eldest sister, Natalie, and I. And my youth students have seen a picture like it. Yes, you can laugh, it's okay. They've seen a picture like it many times because I love to make fun of myself. I love to remind myself that the past does not define us. I am no longer a so much gel in, no, you can keep that picture up, I'm going to talk about it. So much gel in my hair that it could pierce skin, boy. I am no longer a vest over t-shirt for whatever reason, boy. And I am no longer a arm so chubby you can't tell where the arm ends and where the hand ends, little boy. I am a new creation. Okay, you can take it down. No, but I really do love to show this picture because around when this picture was taken, maybe a couple years before, my sister Natalie had just gotten out of a terrible relationship. It was filled with emotional, physical, and verbal abuse. The boy that she had met claimed to be a nice Christian guy, but ultimately was one of the most detrimental things to happen to Natalie in her life. Natalie stayed in this relationship because this boy offered a false sense of hope security, love, and comfort. At no fault of her own, Natalie was mistreated, misguided, and misloved. Eventually, thank God, Natalie got out of that relationship. But it wasn't all just better after that. The the clouds didn't open up and the angel voices weren't heard. It wasn't an immediate fix. There was a process. A process of remembering who God is, what love is, good, true, real love, and what healing looks like. I share this story because the story didn't end after that horrible relationship. No, the story is continuing to be written today. Because of the healing Natalie went through and the grace and the love that she found through God-filled people around her, different songs, sermons, and a healthy relationship with Christ, Natalie took her past, used it, and is still using it for God's glory. When the world may have told Natalie to stuff down her feelings and wallow in her, in her hurt and her, her sadness, Natalie allowed God to shine through her. I share this story because Natalie has since been to six different countries spread across three continents working with girls who have been sexually trafficked, reminding them of the hope, the love, and the eternal grace that our Father offers. While in the States, Natalie has worked with many different organizations and has had the opportunity to share her story with thousands She got her degree in social work and is certified in trauma therapy. Today, Natalie works as the director of operations for One Hope 27, an organization that works with families in the foster care system to reunify, reunify, and to educate parents, specifically mothers. And soon, they will be opening up their first home where mom can learn the basic skills to become a better mother for her children. I share this story because I love my sister, yes, But I share this story because of the unimaginable things that God did through her because of her past. I share this story because my heart breaks every time I hear about a youth student who just got out of a toxic relationship, searching for any form of love from anyone or anything that will give it to them. 
I share this story because one of my wife and I's repeating prayers is that young women that we come in contact to would know their worth, that they are more precious than rubies and they are princesses of the creator meant for so, so much. But most importantly, I share this story to highlight God's goodness Because in the midst of what was a dark, awful past, God was revealing his perfect power and his perfect plan. There are people in this room today who are going through things, and it is hard. You don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe you feel like Moses in the river getting tossed around in a basket. Or maybe you're like Moses on the run because of something in your past. Friends, I truly believe I'm here today to remind you that if you would just allow God to forgive you of your sin and to use your past, use the things that have happened in your life to show his power, he will do more with you than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. I think it's incredibly powerful reading back on this verse that when God called out to Moses, he didn't call him by a name that reminded him of his dark past. He didn't call him murderer He didn't call him coward on the run. He didn't call him orphan. He says, Moses, Moses. He calls him by name. Because we have a father that knows us, knows our name and our worth, and loves to shout it out. A father that loves to see our past, but calls us to more. A father that knows our name and loves to use it. A father that sees what we were, And not only still loves us, but sees what we can become and gets excited to use us. Friends, God wants so desperately to reveal his power through your past. Will you just let him? Secondly, to fully understand our potential and to work within the God-given purpose we each have on our lives, we must understand that the present reveals God's promise. To better understand that, we must take ownership of our walk our daily walk with Christ. If we hope to be used by God, to see his plan unfold in our lives, to be in good standing with him, we simply need to be with him. See, it's easy not to analyze our own personal relationship with Christ, especially when we're involved here at Life Church. Points to you, you guys came to the first church service of 2022, the 1030 service, will not be able to say that, so way to go. But underneath the layers of of coming and not only attending, but serving on weekends, joining a life group, inviting others to church, underneath that, there is a person who will have to answer to God for how they lived their life. Romans 14, 12 says, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. At LCY, Life Church Youth, we believe in six basics. We live by six basics. They are this. Jesus is center. We understand that Christ needs to be the center of every single part of our lives. We are real. We don't put on a show at LCY. We are real to our friends, our family, and to our God. 24-7, nothing changes. We respect. God calls us to be in community with others. So we're not going to gossip. We're not going to lie. We're going to respect one another. We forgive We understand that sometimes less than ideal things happen in our lives, but if we truly want to be like Jesus, if we want to be like those bracelets that we all wear, what would Jesus do? We need to learn how to forgive. We go. God called us, you and I, everyone in this room, to go, to spread the word, send his message to every corner of the earth. So we go. And finally, we love. We will lead first with love, not with judgment, Not with condemnation, but first we will always love unconditionally. 
Friends, if we would live by those six principles, I think in 2022, I know in 2022 that we as a church would grow. Not only outwardly, but inwardly and upwardly. We would see healing and exponential growth in every single area of our lives. Along with taking ownership of our walk, we also need to take ownership of our gifts. And this is my favorite thing to talk about. Because every single person in here, whether you believe it or not, is gifted. You have been given heavenly abilities, skills, and talents that nobody else has. And God is calling you to take ownership of them. Are you creative? Do you love to learn? Are you good with organization? Do you like being with people? Are you funny? Can you sing well? Are you a baker? Whatever it is, there are so many gifts and so much that we have been given. Are you a natural born leader like Moses was? If we look to Moses' life and we continue to read in his story, we see that Moses from time to time stepped in when the people needed a leader. He understood his gift and his ability and he used it. Did it take some convincing? Yes. Did he need to practice? Yes. Did he need to hone his skill? Yes. But the point is that Moses used what he was given to lead well and to ultimately bring glory to God. Because Moses understood that in the present, we can reveal God's promises on our lives. If we continue reading Moses' story in Exodus chapter 14, Moses is leading his people away from the might of Egypt. The Egyptians are closing in all around him, and the Israelites that were just brought out of slavery see them and begin to worry. And Moses steps in saying this. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. It's by no accident that Moses was given such an incredible voice and a mind to weave words the way that he does. It's no accident that Tara Gundrum, as, a, as one of our hosts, is one of the most welcoming and warm people you will ever meet. It's no mistake that Greg Seabach is an incredible leader. And there's no mistake that Pastor Nando has a wonderful voice. God gives you purpose, and he doesn't hide it. It's not a question of if we have gifts. It's a question of if we are using them, like 1 Peter 4.10 says that we should. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The Lord's name has been worshipped and sung because Pastor Nando has an incredible voice and he knows how to write wonderful songs. Guests have felt welcome and safe in the house of the Lord because of Tara Gundrum's welcoming spirit. And the church doesn't burn down every single weekend because Greg Seabach is an incredible leader. Nothing goes to waste in God's design. That hobby of baking the fact that people love being around you is not a waste, but it can be something that can be used to glorify God's name and to build his kingdom. So take ownership, Life Church. Pour into yourself. Practice. Use what he's given you. Find opportunities. The kingdom of God will continue to grow. Don't you want to be a part? God is asking that question this morning, and more importantly, he is giving us that opportunity. Finally, to fully understand our potential and work within the God-given purpose we each have on our lives, we must understand that the future reveals God's perfection. The future reveals God's perfection. Each and every one of us in here has a heavenly calling. 
written by the creator, ordained by God, won at the cross by the son? Are you taking ownership of it? In your life, right now, do you understand that you have the ability to further advance God's kingdom? Or are you waiting for the next best thing? Once I'm married, then we will. Once I make this amount of money, then I will. Fill in the blank, church. I don't mean to be up in your business on this new year. Pastor Ryan told me not to get too crazy. But I I think back to how we started this sermon talking about Life Church Youth, and I think about the amazing things that they have done. Living out their calls, living with a childlike faith, knowing that they are never too young, believing that through Christ, nothing is impossible. There is no friend that can't be saved. There is no relationship that can't be healed. There is no addiction that can't be broken. There is no prodigal son or daughter that won't come home. And there is no corner of the earth where Jesus' name can't be brought. Do you believe that here today like Life Church Youth does? Do you really believe it? And if so, are you using your call to point others towards God's perfect future? If not now, then when? Friends, this is where we must differ from Moses. We must believe what Jesus said in Luke's gospel. What is impossible with man is possible with God. If we continue to read Moses' story, it ends rather tragically. In Deuteronomy 32, we read the end of Moses' story. The Lord says to Moses, This is because both of you broke faith with me in the presence of the Israelites at the waters of Meribah Kadesh. In the desert of Zin, and because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites. Therefore, you will see the land only from a distance. You will not enter the land I am giving to the people of Israel. Friends, my prayer for all of us is that when the stories are written about us, this is not how they would end. They wouldn't end with us looking at the promised land from a distance, but they would end with us being there, breaking ground. That we would be a church that believes that through Christ, all things are possible. That we would take ownership of our God-given call to achieve more than we could ever imagine. Life Church, you are called. And to those who believed you have missed it, or you are too old, you are still called. To do significant things for the kingdom of God. To reveal to those around you the perfection that God's future holds. You are called to change the world, to empty hell and to fill heaven. Why can I say this with such assurance? Because I know it. Because I believe what Jesus said to those before he left this earth. That whoever believes in him will do the works he had been doing and will do even greater things than these. I believe it because I see it, Life Church. You are so creative. You are so filled with passion. You are ready to lead. You are looking for opportunities. And my declaration over our church, my prayer for our church this New Year's is this. That there would be doctors, nurses, and physicians in this room who will use their gifts of leadership and inclusion and contagious joy. To to physically save people's life, yes. But more importantly, they would use their influence to point others towards the only one who can save their souls. That there would be teachers in this room who will use their gift of of leadership and and who will use their gift of teaching to, yes, change students' lives for the better, encouraging them to use the beautiful mind that God has given them. But more importantly, that these teachers would live a life 
that is so God-centered that students would see what they have and want the Jesus that these teachers live by. That there are businessmen and women in this, this room that will use their outgoing nature and their warm personality to make sales and to grow financially so that they can be blessed. But with those blessings, they would be oh so generous to the less fortunate, to the widow and to the orphan. They would serve those that God has called us to serve. There are those in here who will use their creativity and their beautiful artistic nature to become singers and dancers and painters to express the beauty of a creation and uniqueness. But in their work, in their pieces, they will point out the unimaginable and incomparable creativity of a father that from nothing created galaxies, from darkness called light, and from death brought life. There are people in here who are called into full-time vocational ministry. Those that will give up their life, give up the promise of an extravagant, worldly, easy job, things, things to be called into a job that, that isn't nine to five. Maybe God is calling some of you halfway around the world. I believe that there are missionaries in here. And that is no easy job, but in that job, God will mold you and make you into a shepherd like we talked as we started this sermon. A shepherd that will lead flocks and flocks and flocks to the Creator. Listen, Life Church, don't be discouraged if you haven't had a burning bush moment. In this entire book, this whole thing, we see one. We see one burning bush moment. More often than not, we hear God speaking through a still, small voice, through a sign. Or maybe this morning you're hearing it from a 23-year-old youth pastor who loves you and is so excited that I get to be a part of the journey and the story that God is writing in your life. But friends, he is speaking. Are you listening? We can all start somewhere. It's deciding that we know what's good and making the conscious choice to do something to further the kingdom of God. Any New Year's resolution we make pales in comparison to the duty and the world changing that Jesus has called all of us as Christians to be a part of. No fitness goal, no new language learned, no Bobby Flay bacon that we learn how to perfect will matter in eternity. You can't take any of that with you, but you can take more people. So my question, my challenge to you today is will you live a life where your past is revealing God's power, where your present reveals God's promise, and a life where your future will reveal God's perfection? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for a church that is listening. And not only that, but a church that is acting. God, I pray that as they leave this room, that this wouldn't be a message that they just pat themselves on the back and say, okay, but it would be a message where they are encouraged and challenged to go about this new year making your kingdom building and bringing your word number one on their list. Heavenly Father, we are all just living for you. I pray that whatever we went through this past year, these past couple months, even this morning, God, that we would know we are new creations, that we have such an opportunity to serve you. Pray that we would be emboldened and encouraged as we leave these doors. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen.